Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. God looks at our heart, our intentions, and our motives. So we're mindful of our relationship to Christ indwelling us at all times. That's the whole point. The presence of God is in us. We need to be mindful of the fact that we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. There is no spark of the divine or Buddha nature in our mind. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mental, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad that you've joined us. Dr. Linda, it's the weekend again. And I don't know about you, but it seems like life is just really getting stressful lately. I need some downtime. There are times where I just need to get away and unwind, but I don't see that happening in the near future. I don't either. So what are we going to do here? (laughs) In fact, so much is happening that I sometimes feel so overwhelmed. But we have a great show today that will help us calm down and to better deal with our stress. Okay. Okay, take a deep breath, right? So this was really great. My Jesus Calling verse the other day. I get the little prompts. There's an app for that. Hmm. Did you know that? Jesus sends you that. No, Jesus does not send me that. It comes (laughs) on my app. (laughs) But he's calling. (laughs) I get it. But the verse the other day was the scripture from Isaiah about Christ's coming birth. And the message with this verse was, don't dread bad news. Or let it spook you. You mm-hmm. love that? I don't think that's quite from the King James. Right. Instead, keep your heart steadfast and calm through confident trust in me. And Chris, I read that several times, and I just sat there and let it sink into my mind. It was morning. I read the scripture. I read it over and over a couple of times and just kind of meditated on it. And it really helped. I need to do that more often. Just allow God's word to sink in. And Actually, that's why we were doing this show today. Mm -hmm. We did a show recently on cognitive ways to stop stress and then a show on physical relaxation. And you can find those on the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mental Show. But today we're talking about spiritual and meditative methods to help us deal with stress. I'm going to ask this question. I think I know the answer, but I'll try. Are you a meditative contemplative type of guy? I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to hear it from you. (laughs) Uh, Like I said at the beginning of the show, I I do like some downtime. I don't know how many meditative activities that I I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you sit quietly? Um, Do you ever do that and just think or meditate or do you spend time looking at a verse and thinking about it? Not really. No. Not really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this will be a good show for me. Yeah, I admit it's hard for me to do that, too. I am just such a person who's doing all the time. Mm -hmm. Hard for me to quiet myself for any amount of time, really. It seems like I just can't sit still too long because I keep thinking of what I have to do. Dr. Norm's like, will you please just stop for a minute? I know. He's much better at that than I am. He he can take a lot of time and be quiet Mm -hmm. and just relax. But I, I have to use these methods we're talking about today. And when I do, it does help with stress and anxiety. What I like about these is that they don't cost anything, and you can use them anytime, and there is real benefit to not only uh, your stress, but to your spirit. So let's begin with mindfulness. We hear this word all the time, but what does it actually mean or refer to? Mindfulness is really a technique that focuses on moment-to-moment awareness. 
it just simply involves a focused type of attention. It's not anti-Christian. In fact, there is a, a rich tradition of Christian mindfulness and meditation. But the problem is, Chris, the way that we are practicing that in the culture is not exactly the same that a Christian mindfulness person would use. So the Christian perspective is very different than most of the mindfulness being preached in the culture. That's right. The mindfulness that we hear about in schools and workplaces usually refers to an Eastern Buddhist type practice. So, uh, so help us understand that. You know, it's true. When the California schools introduced this to kids in grade school, and mm. they were very upfront, this is a Buddhist practice that we're teaching you. Huh. So, Buddhist practices are being allowed in our public schools. Not only that, but in a lot of other places, and Christian practices are being taken out. And I think that's something we need to be concerned mm. about. True. Here's the difference in the Buddhist faith. You empty your mind to a state of nothingness. I know people who are like that anyway. They're not even Buddhists. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so back to the Buddhist method here. So here's what they believe. They believe there's a power that helps a person reach a state of nirvana or enlightenment, peace, and happiness. And this Eastern approach, as we mentioned, is behind most of the mindfulness movement we're hearing in our culture. But now here's the difference. As Christians, we don't empty our mind. Mm -hmm. Rather, we fill our mind with the mind of Christ. And our focus is not achieving a state of nothingness, but rather on fixing our mind on Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith. So Christian mindfulness has a very, very different focus. We fill our mind with the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of God, and all that is revealed in Scripture. So how does that fit in with the present moment focus of secular mindfulness? It's not really a problem to be present moment. In fact, Jesus tells us to pay attention. He was mindful of moments in time, but he was also managing his perspective with an eternal focus. Mm -hmm. So we can practice Christian mindfulness by having a present moment orientation, and that helps us regulate our stress. But of course, the Holy Spirit in us helps us with our emotional regulation too. So there we have some a little bit of a difference here because we have Christ living in us. But I want to say those are not incompatible. Mm -hmm. So you can have a present moment focused and still be practicing a type of mindfulness. It's just where your focus is put. So in secular, people talk about mindfulness. They say to detach from our thoughts and not judge them. Again, that's a Buddhist tenet. That's Mm -hmm. what Buddhism is all about. Detach from your thoughts. Don't judge them. But here's the difference again. In the New Testament, in the Bible, the Bible refers to the mind as evil and in need of renewal. Mm -hmm. that's, That's different because we actually see this from a sin problem. Our thoughts are important. They're going to be judged. The Bible talks about that. And Jesus actually says in Matthew 5, 28, that every thought will be judged. And the Apostle Paul reminds us that nothing good lives in us. So that's a stark contrast from secularism that says we're all ultimately good. It is really important to understand this difference because our secular culture comes from this perspective that man is ultimately good and capable on his own. Isn't that a big difference? Yes. Well, because we yes. don't believe we believe we're sinful. Right. We've all been sinners, so it's a big, big difference that's informing this mindfulness movement. In the Christian stance, we say we can't do anything apart from God. Mm-hmm. That's really different too, because it's not about our self-efforts. It's not about us finding a way to enlighten ourselves. So we have to really see the difference in this. Now, in the Christian mindfulness movement, you can focus away from your anxious or stressful thoughts to the present moment, 
And again, that's just a focused attention exercise. It's a way to stop all the noise in your head that's distracting you and making you feel stressed. So pay attention to your thoughts, feelings, and sensations in that moment and direct your attention to something else? Yes. Usually what we do is we do some breathing. We do some deep breathing to kind of calm our body down, being aware of the stress and the tension that we're feeling right now. And here's how it works. So you would do this. You would stop for a moment, focus on your breathing. I'm taking the thoughts that are anxious in my head, which, you know, there's a a scripture that says, don't be anxious about anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking those anxious thoughts. I'm stopping for a moment. I'm focusing on my breathing. I'm noticing my bodily sensations and how tense I might be. So then I continue to breathe and take some deep breaths so I can relax that tension. And then if my mind wanders, I yield my mind to God focusing on my breathing and incorporate God's presence in that present moment meditation. I mean, he's in me, he's with me. His grace accepts us and is our anchor for present moment acceptance. And then we rest in his presence in that moment. For Christians, mindfulness is an active process between God and man. In Psalms and and Hebrews, God is mindful of us and we are to put our mind on the mind of Christ. That's right. Christians and many faith-based counselors use mindfulness in a Christian integrated way as a therapy tool. Mindfulness is compatible with a Christian worldview. I Mm -hmm. want people to understand that as long as it's rooted in Scripture and focuses on connecting with God. And then secular mindfulness, think of that as horizontal versus Christian mindfulness Mm -hmm. is vertical because it's toward God. That's right. He's the object of our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Well, I am mindful of the fact that we need to take a short break. And when we come back, we will discuss how Christians can use meditation as a way of calming stress as well. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. And just a reminder that you can follow Dr. Linda on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Dr. Linda Mintel, and on Facebook, Dr. Linda Mintel, author and speaker. Social media is a great way to keep up with Dr. Linda's speaking and writing on relationships. But we also want you to listen to and share the weekly podcasts. They air on Faith Radio, but also on all your favorite podcast platforms like iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mental Podcast or go to MyFaithRadio.com. And the book that will help you with today's topic is Breaking Free from Stress. One of those little pocket-sized books. It fits right in your pocket. It does. Just carry it around with you. I know. You had that idea. I said purse, and then you said pocket. So there's a good gender thing there. Well, I, I don't think I'll keep it in my purse. <laughs> I don't think I will. <laughs> well, today we're talking about spiritual and meditative methods to calm stress. And as we talk about mindfulness and meditation, it is clear that other faiths and the secular culture have taken practices from the Bible and early church, stripped the God and Christ part out, and then made them their own or adapted this from other religions? Yeah, the problem with non-Christian mindfulness is that it's often self-focused. And uh, mm-hmm. we talked about that in the first segment. And, you know, you're supposed to achieve rest and peace in your own power or the power of some other deity. And we want to make sure we do everything in the name of the Lord so these differences that we're pointing out 
are really important, Chris. And before we move on to meditation, uh, here are a few scriptures to help us as we think about Christian mindfulness. The Apostle Paul reminds Christians that they are called to be mindful and live with an awareness of the present. That's in Philippians. And prayer is one very practical way Christians apply mindfulness to their daily life. And prayer actually has a great physical impact in that Mm -hmm. it reduces the activity of a certain part of the brain that produces this sort of anti-pain effect. You can actually help your pain through prayer. Did you know that? Did not. We did a show on that. You didn't remember that. I did. I did. Sorry, I did. (laughs) (laughs) And prayer actually works to calm us down Mm -hmm. when we're stressed and anxious. There are a whole bunch of studies on that that have been done by Dr. Koenig at Duke University. We can see this in the brain when we're imaging the brain. So I guess we shouldn't be surprised that prayer is good for our spirit then, but also our mind and our body. It's all connected. Right. Let's move on to meditation, which can be different from mindfulness. Meditation, though, appears in the Bible, and it's the context in the context of spending time studying the Word of God. It has been the practice of the church and people of faith for all time. In meditation, we look to Jesus, the person and the focus of our meditation, and we think about what is true, what is admirable. Remember that scripture in Philippians that talks about how we should think about things? Mm-hmm. That's where we get some of our focus in meditation. Well, Paul tells us to be transformed by renewing our minds and to practice God-honoring thoughts. So when we meditate, we meditate on God who is, and we listen to him in prayer. Daily, we renew our minds, as you just mentioned, by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. We love God with all our mind and implant God's laws into our mind, according to the Hebrew scripture. Christian meditation is a way to connect with God, to be with God, to listen for his voice, and to align our thinking to his And then this creates greater intimacy, not that detachment that the Buddhist focus does. And there's a rich history of this in the Christian church. I don't think a lot of young people are aware Mm -hmm. of the early church and the the practices of mindfulness and meditation. Do you? No, because when you think of the word meditation, you immediately think of a guru somewhere on top of a mountain, you know, in yeah, in India or something. So we're not very good at letting our church people know that there's a rich history of all of this. I think one main difference between Christian meditation and other forms of meditation is the focus. And the Christian focus is on Christ. Yeah, that Bible tells us to meditate on the Lord. In fact, in Psalm 1914, it says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So right there, it's saying the meditations of my heart. I think because... Like we said, Eastern religions and Buddhism and all that use the word meditation. Christians in the church have been like, oh, no, 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 we can't right. do that. But it's in our own scriptures. In that scripture in Psalm, it's funny, when I was when I was looking at that scripture, I'm remembering my daughter and my son had to sing this in their Christian school. Mm-hmm. But the words of my heart and the meditation, that was their scripture. Right. But I don't think we connect that to actually what meditation of my heart means. Right. And when the psalmist prayed that, he was talking about a personal relationship with God. That's what we're talking about, but Mm -hmm. also understanding that his heart was known by God, so his thoughts were judged. Scripture is really clear that God looks at our heart, our intentions, and our motives. So we're mindful of our relationship to Christ indwelling us at all times. That's the whole point. The presence of God is in us. We need to be mindful of the fact that we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. There is no spark of the divine or Buddha nature in our mind divine Christ inhabits our spirit. This is such, such an important difference, again, when we're talking about meditation. Meditation for stress is a popular thing today, and but what we're saying is 
be careful on how you use this practice. Yeah, and what you do, what you actually do. So Buddhist meditation aims to awaken inner strength and wisdom apart from God, okay? So the Bible says wisdom apart from God is what? <laughs> Foolishness. Foolishness and futile, it says. Wisdom for the believer is the knowledge of God's will and of God. Wisdom is not a mystery reserved for a select few, but it's open to anyone who seeks God. It doesn't come by transcendence of the mind, but is given by God. Stay tuned to the program today because we are going to do a meditation in the last segment. But before we get to that, let's talk about how music meditation can be stress reducing as well. You know, Chris, you and I both sang in the choir at our last church, and mm -hmm. we did a lot of contemplative type of music like Mozart's. Ave Verum. I love that piece. No, it was great. Wasn't yes. that a great mm -hmm. piece? And the classical piece, O Nata Lux. Right. Did I say that right in Latin? O Nata Lux, yes. O Nata Lux. Yeah. yeah. It was stunningly beautiful music. And did you ever notice that as we practice it, did you notice how you felt? It is amazing because after the song would be finished, the, the room noise would just be non-existent. It's like everyone took the opportunity to go, ah, wow. felt like that music took me to the throne of God. It truly was inspired, don't you think, by the Holy Spirit? And it just took your spirit and let it soar, and then it calmed me down. It's just amazing how you can come in from a very stressful day, and you're, you sit down and you start rehearsing, which it seems a little, you know, like work, because you have to rehearse. Right. But you sing those particular songs with those beautiful lyrics and that antiphonal sound, and right. you just get de-stressed by doing that. I think it's a really great way. Music meditation is a great way to calm your, your stress. And this recording, by the way, is that choir we were in at the Washington National Cathedral a few years back. And we did that at Vespers, remember? Mm -hmm, that's right. That was such a great experience. There's a picture of me. We should put that on Facebook or on Instagram of me with my robe on, and there's this light above me. Mm -hmm. I look like an angel. It was, it was a stage light. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it just looks great. It looks great. <laughs> but the music really transcended me. It and is. here's the good news. There's science behind music meditation. So people use music therapy to calm their soul. You've heard of music therapy, right? Mm, yes. Yeah. A lot of schools will have music therapy programs. And it affects the tight. Now, listen to this. This is how it works. It affects the tiny muscles of the middle ear connected to the vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. Our vagus nerve is this long, wandering nerve that goes around in our body. And there's, it's tied to, a part of it is tied to de-stressing us. So it re-regulates the entire nervous system. And it can be supported by training the muscles in your inner ear to actually listen differently, tuning to calming sounds created mm -hmm. by a friend, a therapist, or carefully chosen piece of music. So there's science that says music can calm you. And these pieces are, are typically slow and antiphonal. Yes. And sometimes acapella, I mean, I don't think it has to be, right? Mm -hmm. But a slower tempo can quiet your mind, relax your muscles, making you feel soothed while releasing the stress of the day. So music is very effective for stress management. Well, let's keep this going as we move into the break. And we'll talk about how to meditate on this scripture in a way you may not be familiar with. Stay with us. We'll be back after the break. Some days I simply have to fight discouragement. When those days come, 
I like to read the Psalms and meditate on the cure for my discouragement. Take Psalm 103, for example. David, feeling discouraged, talks to himself in a way that uplifts his soul. He tells his soul to bless the Lord and to remember the benefits of serving God. David wrote this psalm to encourage himself in the Lord, something I know I need to do regularly. Instead of focusing on all of his problems, David decided to engage his will and rehearsed the goodness of God. He begins the psalm by blessing the Lord. Then he speaks to his soul and reminds himself of all that God does for those who are faithful to him. So when you feel discouraged, do what David did and encourage yourself in the Lord. It will transform that discouragement to praise and gratitude. Did you know you have a conflict style? Everybody does. Are you a conflict avoider? Maybe you don't avoid, but instead react intensely. Or perhaps you are a great negotiator. Dr. Linda Mento offers a free conflict quiz when you visit her website, www.drlindahelps.com. Click on the picture of her latest book, We Need to Talk. Then have a friend or your partner take the quiz, too, and see if you can navigate conflict successfully. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written many books that you can find on her website or online. Check out her website, drlindamental.com, and the book that relates to today's topic, Breaking Free from Stress. And remember, the podcast can be listened to or shared anytime. Go to MyFaithRadio.com or your favorite podcast platform. And the podcast can be taken with you as you jog, right. as you run, as you bike. Would you like to meditate on it? I don't know. Is that, it's probably not the best meditation, especially if you have an issue and you're trying to solve it. It's not going to make you calm down, probably. If I were trying to meditate, I wouldn't want to hear me. Oh. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Especially as we better understand Christian meditation, Dr. Linda, uh, walk us through a meditative practice that you learn. This is actually a practice that I was introduced to, Chris, at Wheaton College when I was mm-hmm. teaching up there. I had never heard of it before in all my Christian walk. I've been a Christian. I grew up in a Christian family. Right. You know, I've gone to church all my life. But this is something I had not heard of. It's called Lectio Divina. Have you hmm. ever heard of that? No. It literally means divine reading. And it's an ancient practice from the Christian contemplative heritage of praying the scriptures. So it was made a regular practice in monasteries by the time of St. Benedict in the 6th century. It's been around for a while. It's been around. Yeah. Let's use one of your favorite chapters, Psalm 121, uh, that was put to music also to demonstrate how to do this. In fact, you can do it with us right now. Yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to try and just kind of explain how it works here. And we actually sang this too in our choir, uh, Psalm 121. So it was Mm -hmm. meditative as well. So here's what you do. There are four consecutive steps when you do Lectio Divina. The first one is a reading. The second step is a reflection time. The third step is a responding time. And then the fourth one is where you just rest in the presence of God. Mm. So I'm going to do the first reading, and I want you to do this along with us. Listen to the reading of the scripture with no interpretation. Just listen for the overall feel of the passage. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. 
great scripture, isn't mm, it? That's great, yes. Okay, so now what happened? We just read that one. We were just reading it and listening. There was no step in that. The second step is that we read it. Now we listen with our heart and we ask the Holy Spirit, is there any particular word, phrase, or theme to meditate on and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring anything in that scripture to really stand out? So I'm going to read it again, and we're going to try that. So now I want you to listen and then ask the Holy Spirit to show you something and see if any part of this stands out to you. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. So as I was reading, and we're reading it, we're listening for the Holy Spirit. Now the third time we read that same scripture, this is where our meditation turns to prayer. You share your heart with the Lord, and you allow the Lord to draw nearer to you. So this is meditation number three. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. I'm just loving the scripture every time we're, I'm reading this. I'm really getting blessed by it. And then the fourth time you read it is really the contemplative one. This is where you simply rest in the presence of God. So we're going to get close to the end of the show here, and we're going to do it one more time. I just want you to hear it, contemplate it, and rest. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. And that's great, isn't it? It, it is. It gives you a whole new perspective on Psalm 121. And you can do this with any scripture between the music and the scripture. I already feel relaxed. I know. I've calmed down just since I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. And uh, meditating on the scripture this way is powerful. And listening to music is also a way to worship and bless God as well. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Katie Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation. Hey, from all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone.
Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.